Welcome everybody to the AJ Osborne Show, where we focus on our core tenets, impact, freedom, and progress. Join me and others as we grow through education and discussion. Welcome everybody to the AJ Osborne Show. And today we're actually doing a live podcast. So I stole Connor from Self Storage Income to come over and help me with this one out. How's it going, man? Going good. What's up, guys? Uh, it's going to be cool kind of jumping over here, hanging out in the AJ podcast. I'm usually like in the background. I'm kind of like, if you listen to Jocko or you listen to like Joe Rogan or any of that stuff, I'm kind of like the Jamie and the Echo Charles in the background for AJ podcast. Every time I say something obnoxious, you're going to hear a little laugh or something in the background. Yeah. That's Connor. That's me. Laughing when so, I get angry or when I'm on a rant or something and he laughs. That, yep, that's, that's it. Connor. That's me. That's me. No, I'm, I'm super excited to be hanging out here today with you guys to dive into this super important topic. And uh, I know the audio might sound slightly different than what you guys are used to, but uh, we've got uh, a hodgepodge situation of audio going on in the uh, mm-hmm. studio right now. So, And it's due to our live event, who we have Brittany right exactly. here with us. How's it going, Brittany? How's it going, guys? Excited to be here in person this time. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. awesome. We've been uh, lucky to have you here for a while now. Brittany's helping us um, on some projects we're going to be doing, which that's, uh, you know, we'll, we'll dive into that and we'll we'll talk about that a lot and how, where you've come from and how you go, but why don't you give people just, first of all, anybody listening to this podcast that doesn't know who you are and give them a little background and tell them about you so we can kind of set the stage for this conversation of growing in real estate. Mm. So my name is Brittany Arneson, or if you follow me online at Investor Girl Brit. And I guess I really got started in real estate when I was super young. So I was working on my mom's rental properties, just doing some renovation work here and there. She'd be like, here's a paintbrush. Go help me out. Go fix something or, you know, do this yeah. renovation work with us. So, you know, I got started pretty early on. And um, when I was 18, I bought my first house. So that was my Dang. first rental property, and so I've been in the game 10 years now. Which is amazing. Yeah, well, yeah, that's so incredible. <laughs> yeah, so it was good. A lot has changed since then, of course, but, you know, growing as a real estate investor from there, it was a lot of just, you know, not knowing that first house, so it cost $25,000, so it was, yeah. and it brought in, I think it was 850 bucks a month uh, rental income. And the tenants paid all utilities. So I'm like, okay, you know, super simple math. This makes sense. (laughs) This works. Let's go right to the basics of it. So, I mean, that's how I kind of got started. And I almost see it as a benefit sometimes when there's so much information out there right now. And it's just so much information overload at some point. It almost stops people. So Mm, at that point, when I bought my first house at 18, I didn't know a lot at all really it's almost a miracle that everything kind of went smoothly and I had a great tenant he was in there for eight years I think it was and he just kind of took care of some maintenance stuff and he was he was awesome so I was like you know investing's easy (laughs) I'm just gonna try keep doing more of this but you know it was a huge process to get there and nowadays I see how it is kind of a struggle sometimes with this information overload which is a huge advantage to us but it can cause a little bit of that analysis paralysis now you're oh for sure absolutely Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. you know it's interesting even like looking back on like when i got into storage right there's no information out there Mm -hmm. about it 
at right. all. Like nobody did it. Yeah. I didn't know anybody that was doing it, right? It was like me and my dad were like, we need depreciation and we don't like toilets. Mm-hmm. That was like it, right? Dumb. And it was like, because we were sales guys. My dad was, you know, he did sales insurance as everybody knows. But there was nothing like, they had a convention that we ended up going to after we um, owned like two, but th- there wasn't. I, I wasn't seeing a whole lot. So we just, like you said, mm-hmm. we had to figure it out. And I think yeah. that's one of the things that people love about you and on, on online. If anybody wants to see, go to, you know, investor girl Brit and on Instagram, because she's huge on there. You got literally hundreds of thousands of followers, but it's that inside look at you getting it done, like you mm-hmm. doing it yourself. Mm-hmm. And you're, it, it's so interesting to me because the videos that you put out and you figuring out, first of all, it was really real, right? Mm-hmm. You were never trying to be something you weren't, nothing like that. You're like, mm-hmm. hey, figuring this out. So I did this. This didn't work good. But then you just showed them the inside look, mm-hmm. which is really what people want out of like social media and everything mm-hmm. like that. It's like, I yeah. want to see how you did it. And you just did a great job of that. Yeah. Um, obviously, people loved it. Well, thanks, AJ. I appreciate that because it was, you know, a lot. That's what I tried. I was trying to show the authentic side of it of, you know, investing. It's not easy. Everyone getting started, there's, or anyone even at your level, it's just like, you know, there's a lot of figuring things out and it's not just this successes every day. It's like, Mm -hmm. no, we have problems every day and we have to face those. And, you know, that's what we are. We're problem solvers. So that's, that's how it is. It's not just like all glamorous and fun. It's, it's very difficult so i like to show both sides of the story for sure and i I think that's i think that's what like going back to that uh amount of information that's out there for everybody to look at real estate is so dynamic from deal to deal to asset to asset where there is not just this like step-by-step process and we talk about these things a lot um i know you talked about these a lot on, on your podcast here and everywhere else but where you have these these fundamental principles that apply across everything that yeah. you that you adhere to and that you follow, but within those you have these realms of flexibility that are just totally opposite from anything else that you're dealing with from uh, project to project. And I think that's a lot of, of what can hold people back. And mm-hmm. I totally agree with AJ on on your authenticity and how you present. You know, doing the before and afters and showing people like that process mm-hmm. of rehabbing something and literally like i mean we were talking the other day and you're saying like Mm -hmm. people are asking you oh like is this place you're staying good or this or that and you're like i'm used to sleeping on freaking like (laughs) drywall covered dust floors like nothing in this house (laughs) like it's not super glamorous it's not this super crazy sexy thing that you've got going on that it's like you're not posting lamborghinis and jets and all this Mm -hmm. stuff it's like the work yeah as opposed to the the end result, yeah. which I think is super important, super because important. so many people, especially that have followings, I think get that wrong. Well, you know, and it's interesting too, because when you look at that process and the sacrifices that have to be made, um, it can be very hard to communicate that to others. Mm-hmm. Like when you look at, you went and got a degree in something totally different. Mm-hmm. You had like every, you had a career lined up that you could have made great money, mm-hmm. right? You'd already gone through education, everything. And you made a decision to sleep and live in a house that you were <laughs> renovating until you got it fixed up to rent and then bought another one, which you then moved into that one mm-hmm. and slept on the floor, fixed it up. Um, I mean, you had 
you know, crazy stories and everything and the sacrifices that you made. And a lot of people, they just don't see that. They don't understand that. And we, I guess we say it like flippantly, right? right? You say, yeah. oh, it was hard, things like that. But it's different when it's hard for years. Yeah. Right. No and it's not life changing. Mm -hmm. So that's the thing. Absolutely. You did this for years and it was not life changing. Yeah. People think that you just started doing it mm. and was, no, you were sleeping on the floor for years. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I guess you did renovate a bus, right? Yeah. yeah. A bus so you could sleep in a <laughs> yeah. bus. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Uh -huh. Switch <laughs> that it up. was the upgrade. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so talk to us about that process because it goes on mm. for so long. And yeah. what, how did you just keep mm. going? That's true, because it is all about that delayed gratification. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's the same with starting your social media pages or starting your investment business. It's like, okay, we're in this for the long haul. Like, this is going to be a lot of work. And I think I just realized that because my why was strong and I didn't want to be tied down to a job. I wanted the location freedom, the financial freedom. And I just realized, you know, I am a really hard worker and that's what my parents taught me. And, and I was going to make it happen no matter what. But getting through those years was really difficult. It's like I was working my uh, job. So as a power engineer on my Bigger Pockets podcast, Brandon's like, what were you, a power ranger? Yeah. <laughs> I just say I'm a power ranger because it's cool. <laughs> I used to be a power ranger. No big deal. Yeah, no exactly. big deal. But I work four 10-hour shifts. And then the last shift of the week, I would go drive four hours to the rental property, sleep there over the weekend, then come back to work and drive the four hours and go back to work the next week so i mean doing that long term was extremely you know that wasn't gonna last so that was six months of doing that and i'm yeah. like okay i'm just gonna try jumping in investing full-time and and make it work because i knew that there's always a way to make it work you just have to you know jump past those hurdles you know as they come along but i mean i don't know i think it is just having that determination that why and just knowing that it's going to be really difficult starting out especially you know how i look at the the sacrifices, the work ethic. I always tell people this: um, when whether this work, whether you're a part of a company, anything else, that the sacrifices and doing whatever it takes, right? That turns into equity. Mm -hmm. And don't look at it like that turns into income, because income is an immediate thing. We get paid mm -hmm. income for labor. Yeah. But the sacrifices, the sweat, the work, everything else like that that turns into equity. And I tell this to people, even like if you're working at startups, if you're working anywhere, right? If you want equity in whatever it is, there is no nine to five. Hmm. And if you need nine to five, that's fine. There's no problem with that whatsoever. You've got to understand, it doesn't matter. It's just whatever you want, right? But the people and organizations in your personal life and everything that do that extra, right? That's sweat. That, that is what turns into equity. And I believe that across the board with all our companies, um, with other people working and this transition is hard because you're working for this thing in the future mm -hmm. that you don't have obviously certainty that anything will pay out. We never do. Right. Um, and two, you sacrifice income for equity. Mm -hmm. So you're completely giving up now. And when you say giving up now, people are like, yeah, yeah, I'll give up now. But you had to take a massive pay decrease to go do what you were doing. So your lifestyle changed not for the better mm -hmm. when you started out, right? It wasn't for years later until you accomplished that. That equity took time, hope, faith, everything to build it. Yeah. And that sacrifice eventually pays off. But it's 
the sacrifices are very real, financially, time, everything else. And there is no guarantee that it'll pay off ever, mm. right? Um, when you talk about your work ethic and when you talk about figuring it out, like you did have, when I say background, you didn't have a background in construction or anything else. Yeah, you helped your mom fix up a house, things like that. How did you overcome when you're in a house and all of a sudden, like, there's cause I, I know nothing about construction. I know everybody's shocked here, but I, I can't swing a hammer. Um, so for me, looking at anything like renovation, what you do is just mind boggling to me. I'm like, I don't get it. It doesn't make sense, right? So, like, in your progression, when you came up, you're out in the middle of nowhere. I mean it nicely, but, you know, That's right true. in Canada, <laughs> yeah. right? You're Canadian. Yeah. Um, and you had these problems come up. What, I mean, how did you get over? What are you doing? Were you, or furnace breaks or whatever it was well i mean a lot of the stuff i learned was from online there's so many resources but i wouldn't get overwhelmed with the well i would i mean i was very frustrated a lot of the time but still i wouldn't get overwhelmed with the whole huge picture of it it was like okay let's take this one step at a time this problem comes up how what do i do to solve that and so look it up online or ask someone i know or find someone in my network and i feel like that skill of just like coming when that problem comes up at you and then you know solving it in the moment and figuring out asking yourself that question how can I overcome this and then figuring out who's in your network or resources you have online and then tackling it that one problem at a time mm -hmm, so it's like yeah. I don't know how to tile a shower I don't know how to do the waterproofing like what can I do okay google it you know mm, yeah. and then I go on Instagram okay what professional can I contact in this area so I go find one be like hey I'm doing my first tile shower do you mind answering a few questions I want to make sure I'm doing this right and people really want to help you for those who are willing to learn and put in the work so, so awesome. you were you you used information mm -hmm. as a tool and as a lever as opposed to letting it use you and drown you in time. You're very targeted, and mm -hmm. I love that. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting you say that, and and it makes total sense because you look at any any successful individual, any of these people that have been through like just insane things in their lives, like they compartmentalize those issues, and they do they literally take minute by minute or set, uh, you know day by day or issue by issue it's not looking at the entire thing like you weren't sitting there like oh i'm going to be sleeping in this house for 6 months mm -hmm. like going back to your one project you're like okay i'm done with work i have to drive to this house to do this yeah and that's Very it then you're there you're like okay i need to redo this or i need to do that mm -hmm. and then you're like okay well now i have to drive back it, like yeah. it wasn't like this huge you're looking at the house you're looking at the process you're just looking at one step at a time mm -hmm. which i think is really really important well and i think it's so funny because so many even in you know people listen to canadians listen to bigger pockets um podcasts or these podcasts and they say oh well it's not canadian based like i can't take the information i'm like why are you worrying about these these yeah. little problems now it's they're worried about tax things i'm like okay well talk to your accountant when that problem comes up or yeah. you know it's like I listen to these things and use these resources for the bigger picture. Oh, you know, commercial real estate. That's what I want to get into. So that's like the bigger picture of next steps of, but I'm not l learning every single little detail there is to know mm -hmm. about commercial real estate before I even like have gotten to that point. You but can. I have the bigger picture in my yeah. mind. Okay. The bigger picture is renovating this property, yeah. but I'm not trying to renovate the entire house and learning everything there is to mm -hmm. know about renovating this house. You know, I'm doing it just as it comes up. 
It's like literally my motto in life. I don't know, but somebody does. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, exactly. It doesn't mean that I can't do it. I can find somebody that can do it for me. So, yeah. uh, You're the somebody I use AJ. I'm like, okay, I don't know this, but AJ probably does. So I'm going to text him first. Call AJ. <laughs> yeah. What do I do? Oh, man. Oh, but that, I mean, it brings up a really good point because when you talk about getting started, when you talk about looking at this stuff, it's so overwhelming because the amount that you don't know is incomprehensible. Yes. Right? Like, I can't think about it for too long because my brain hurts. Like, mm-hmm. everything that I don't know. Um, it's shocking. Right? <laughs> Everybody will confirm that. And when you what? start to go down that road, you're like, I can't do anything. Mm-hmm. And that's I, it's just a huge lie that we have to know everything. Right? Mm-hmm. Y- y- we don't at all. You never will, so just give it up. Right? Um, but it's the act of starting. Mm-hmm. It's the act of going and then problem solving, which gets you down that road. And mm-hmm. Now, we, we, we talk about, which brings us kind of to our next point, mm-hmm. as you're going down this path, another thing is like times change. Yeah. Things change. You grow and work. And I find that all entrepreneurs, investors, everything, it's the change in where they thrive because they can identify opportunities and they can then move quickly to take advantage of them, right? Um, and this is an important aspect when looking in this because- our economy, value proposition, all this is very dynamic, right? And how I go about things today is very different than I did 10 years ago, five years ago, right? Definitely 15 years ago. And so my goals never change. No, that doesn't change. But um, when certain opportunities present itself and I've grown beyond other ones, I can move on, pivot. I don't do anything storage like I did when I started. Mm -hmm. Bigger markets, bigger facilities. We sold off all the other ones, right? Um, totally different management style, all that kind of stuff. Well, and your whole investment strategy changed where totally. you thought like, oh, I'm going to have a ton of different, like just small facilities yep. across all this. I mean, all of that changed as you, and again, as you go through those processes yeah. and learn. And it was going to be like a side item to insurance. I was never going to, mm-hmm. like I was going to have this big insurance company or anything like that, yeah. and that totally flipped and mm-hmm. reversed. And I think the good investors, the good entrepreneurs pivot well mm-hmm. with that. And mm-hmm. you're like in a huge transition now mm-hmm. where you've identified the change that you're looking at and your next level as an investor, right? You've been very successful. You have all these houses, this small apartment building, right? You've achieved financial freedom. You you have what most people would always want, right? Mm-hmm. You go wherever you want, live wherever you want. You go to Hawaii for a while. You want to do a project out here because we're working on stuff, which we're going to get into. You come out here so we can work stuff and then you can move to go do where you could, you got like the true freedom, mm-hmm. right? Um, but you're not satisfied. That's not enough, right? And you're moving to this next level. So talk to us a little bit about, because before we even got on the podcast, I was like, hey, Brittany, we really want to dive into this because so many of us see the beginning or we see mm. the end, yeah. but not where to go and how to transition. So mm. walk through where you're at now mm-hmm. and why you're there. Yeah. Okay, so this has been a huge, huge uh, transition for me in the last six months especially, but it's very exciting because, so I have 27 doors, um, the mix between singles and apartments, that's running passively back in Canada because I hired out all property management, all bookkeeping, all of this. Uh, At the beginning, doing all of that myself, which is good because it gave me a lot of skills and I learned a lot of things, lots of things that I did not want to do, so that was important too, right? Yeah. Like you kind of almost have to do a lot of different things to Mm -hmm. figure out what you're good at and what you like. So we have talked about that a lot before too. But then I I was finding myself um, just being stuck in this job of the renovation stuff. And I was so wrapped up, so busy all the time in the day to day that I couldn't 
like lift my head up to like figure out, you know, where I wanted to go. So that was that transition. It was that realization. Okay, well, I'm building myself this job. I'm stuck to these properties because I'm doing the renovation and doing this work myself. So what do I have to do to get out of this? So it was a lot. There's a book, Who Not How. So that was a really good book I read over the summer that kind of gave me that little bit of a uh, mindset shift into hiring out my people and all this, which is very difficult. And it's very something difficult. me and you and AJ have talked about so much and you show me your systems and all this awesome stuff. And I, and I had this limiting belief all the time. Well, I'm not a business person. I don't know how to do that. I'm not, you know, smart enough. I'd always yeah. say that sort of a, you know, repeat negative circle in my head, but yeah. you know, getting out of that and stepping away, that's not true. It just yeah. isn't. That's just something we tell ourselves yep. because we're scared or whatever it is. So I think for me, it was just taking a step away and reflecting and seriously thinking about what I wanted to do. And it wasn't as much as I do love the DIY and the renovations and all that. It wasn't where I wanted to be. I always imagined having like this passive portfolio and I was always attracted to commercial real estate. But I just didn't know how to get there. And it was a long period of time before I could do that. So that was a big pivot this year. And it, it really did happen. Just a few mindset shifts and having great friends and mentors in the industry. I mean, that was amazing. So all that came through, by the way, through Instagram. Yeah. So our mutual friend, Brandon Turner, invited us to a mastermind as well. We group of 20 of us got together and had these brainstorming sessions, which I feel so lucky to be a part of and everything. I was just, you know, that was a huge game changer for me, just being around people who are at that next level. So for those listening, you know, that is important to have those, you know, surround yourself with the people you want to become, right? So yes. find those people and try your best to add value to them, connect to them. Well, and two, one of the big things, and I, and I, I just, you know, we have all these funny things, or your, your networks, you know, we're on and on and on. It, it, and really, when you boil down to what this means is it's hard to understand mm -hmm. where you want to go if you haven't done it and you can't see it. Good point. And so when you surround yourself with people that are successful in all different areas, mm -hmm. right? Like if I surrounded myself with people that were bad dads or bad husbands, why would I ever expect for the outcome to be different, right? Like I'm not going to be a good dad. I'm not going to be a good husband. And inherently so many people know that, but then we choose mm -hmm. total opposite. We're going to go hang out with our buddies at the bar on the weekend or whatever that may be right so then we're not applying that over to other aspects and then it gets we get very limited because we can't see with outside the constraints of that reality which is a total false reality it's the narrative everything is totally wrong yeah. and when you get yourself in a position where you can see more you have questions you operate one of the i think my greatest i I gained a lot of skills from doing like corporate sales. Like we, we worked with the C-suite, right? And, and it was not like a product sales. It's like we were consultants where we managed our stuff. The biggest advantage though to me was I actually got to see inside these big companies, the people that were running them. And in my early 20s, it was very eye-opening and I saw the ones that failed and survived the Great Recession. But first of all, I... I found, I was like, oh, wow, these people aren't that smart, hmm. like at all. <laughs> In fact, a lot of these people I thought were downright dumb. Like I literally, I was like, how did you get in this position? You're a moron, mm -hmm. right? And it was shocking to me. But what was more shocking to me was what you can accomplish. 
And it started to destroy limited limiting beliefs because it was like, there's no reason that you should accomplish this and nobody else. Like, you're not inherently gifted. Mm-hmm. You're not inherently talented. And that's the beautiful thing about success. That's the beautiful thing about our economy. Mm-hmm. Those things don't matter, mm-hmm. right? But until you're in a position to see what could be, it is very difficult to break out of that because you don't even know what's what's out there. Mm-hmm. So I really... I. I just can't express enough how important that is and mm-hmm. how you can see how your mind shift changed after you started to meet up and everything and go, oh, there's more here and there's mm-hmm. more opportunity. Then just like your DIY, how do I get there? And then that was when you started question. Okay. Mm-hmm. How do I get there? And it's different from you. Like you couldn't say, all right, you know, Ashley or AJ or Brandon or whoever, I'm going to just copy the way you did. That doesn't work. Mm-hmm but you could still could start to identify opportunities and see a path. Mm -hmm. So what, when you're going through this meeting with other people, it's a process. It was a mental Mm -hmm. process for you. I, you know, I know like talk about that process to get to that next level and identifying what you could do, what you couldn't do and how to maneuver with your opportunities Mm -hmm. in that position, not having the end in mind. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's important to be flexible too, as an investor, be able to, take those opportunities as they come along because for example I would always tell myself I'm never going to be on a podcast because I hate public speaking and it's a huge fear of mine and I'm never (laughs) going to do it and so I got asked to be on bigger pockets and took that opportunity and from there all these doors started opening so it's like okay you could tell yourself this one thing I'm not a business owner I can't have staff you just keep telling yourself that all day long and then that's what's going to be the truth but if you keep yourself open and you're flexible and you're able to pivot that's when I think kind of the magic starts happening because you can get yourself out of kind of where you're at and stagnant into where you want to be. But it's not easy and it takes years. So that's why I always say, you know, think bigger sooner because for me it was, okay, my end goal probably isn't going to be single family just from podcasts I was listening to and stuff. I'm like, this isn't very scalable. So what I have to do is, you know, grow and expand and how, how am I going to do that? But it took years before actually getting, you know, the first apartment building or partnering up with these teams. It's like years of kind of having that in the back of my mind. So the sooner you start kind of thinking that and putting it in your mind, I think the sooner it is gonna happen, but it is definitely a process getting there, so. And years, like, it's so right. I mean, I got, I went through a, like, probably four or five year period of time in my life that was super rough. Mm-hmm. And it's hard because I couldn't complain about it because I was okay financially. We had opportunities and everything. But like I had come off a huge failure. Yeah. Like um, I bought a business that went south mm-hmm. and it was so costly and everything. And it was like it, like I had to look inside myself and say, mm-hmm. oh, wow, you're not good at some of these things. Yeah. And you thought you could do it. You can't. Mm-hmm. Now, what does that say about me? Then all of a sudden now you're depressed. Limiting beliefs come in, right? Mm-hmm. But then on top of that, then I'm like, I don't have a direction for it. That was my direction. Right. And now if I don't feel that I can be successful, what do I do? do I, you know, and it, it was years. I had to play with things. I had to work through things mm-hmm. and we had to figure it out until I found, wow, I'm actually rocking it over here on mm-hmm. this other thing that I'm doing. Yeah. Right. I'm absolutely kidding. I get it. I have an edge. I can produce tons of value. And over here where I thought my life was going to go, yeah. actually, I'm not ever going to really be fantastic at that. Mm-hmm. And I shouldn't probably keep doing that. Right. Um, and 
you talk about this transition and everything, and I think you're right. It's more of a mental thing than anything. Mm-hmm. It's identifying those opportunities, qualifying them, right, and then heading into it. But it's if you're in the middle of it, it's not like don't expect it to ha- happen quick or, or be mm-hmm. easy like you said. It takes a while, and that's okay because that's how you identify the opportunity. Yeah. That's how you identified where you should go, things you should do and you should not do. Yeah. Right? Well, and I think I like what you say all the time too is success doesn't happen on an island, right? Yes. So I was trying to I always thought, you know, I'm I'm gonna do it myself and all this stuff. Like, yeah, go me. But then, you know, you kind of realize, okay, once you find your strengths, okay, I'm gonna take these strengths and then add value to other people. And, and, you know, that's why I'm so excited to be working with you now. Cause I like being in that team environment and using my highest and best use and putting that to work rather than trying to do everything and not really focusing on that. Cause I think that is important to, to look into, especially when you're getting into bigger projects and, and commercial real estate, cause that's kind of what you have to do. You can't do it alone. You have to yeah. have a team. Absolutely. Um, and the team it's not even just having a team. The team is big. Yeah. It takes a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and it takes a lot of good people, um, outside people, internal people. Um, and the less you are able to pull resources and leverage other people's skills and abilities, um, the less you're able to accomplish anything meaningful mm-hmm. and anything big that has large impact. And it shows when we talk about leverage and when we talk about um, what is possible and accomplished. And I think it just obliterated, at least it did for me, obliterated that limiting belief Mm -hmm. that was like, actually, success isn't dependent solely on me. Mm -hmm. Like, and that's just liberating. liberating. It is to say, no, it's not like this idea that, you know, we have, and, and I talk about this a lot, like I hate in America, how we have rock star entrepreneurs mm. because we make them seem like gods. Mm. Like we make we, we make Elon Musk seem way smarter and brilliant than he is. Like we don't ever talk about the thousands of PhDs that Elon Musk has. We don't talk about the literally tens of thousands of people that work endlessly every single day to make that guy look incredible. And I'm not taking anything away from him. Mm-hmm. I think the guy is amazing and genius, probably not in the same ways that other people think, right? And I would love to sit down and pick his brain and experience. Because <laughs> he's done. Exactly. Let's get him on the podcast. Everybody knows. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Because he leveraged those things. And that is actually true genius to me. Yeah. It's not that he could engineer really well and do one single thing good. Mm-hmm. It's that he could figure something out and say, I need these things. I can't do these things and pull it in. A lot of people don't even know. He didn't create Tesla. So he invested in Tesla and then he took a majority share and then appointed himself as CEO and took over the board. Tesla wasn't even his idea. It wasn't even his creation, right? Which there's nothing wrong with that. That's awesome. And we got to break down those barriers and those walls, like you're saying, that I am not good enough, so I can't do. So that means these big things, that's for somebody else to do. Mm-hmm. And it's like, actually, it's for a lot of people to do. And we're all part of that. And uh, I, I think that's amazing what you've kind of looked at, said, here's my skill sets. Here's what I'm really, really good at. Mm-hmm. And there's so much value I can provide to people. So like we get a team up mm-hmm. now and we get to build incredible projects, Yeah. right? And you become a part of a team, which too, like we've talked about, you got us so many opportunities 
because your skills are so transferable, mm. right? Like my skills aren't nearly as transferable. Like when people want storage, they call me up, right? <laughs> like that's, I'm that guy, right? But you can help people. You get, you obviously are helping me and get to help me, which I'm super appreciative. And, but then you can transfer those things into others. So what may seem as an, a weakness or a downside actually turned out to be your biggest strength. Yeah. Well, and it, it's so great to just have the perspective from others too. And just being open to listening to other people's opinions. Cause you almost get offended too. Sometimes when someone's that, and it's not even in a critical way, but sometimes it's like, Oh, you're a DIY. You're like, Oh, you could be scaling faster if you did. And then you almost get on the defense, you know? Yeah. So I think that's important just to be, you know, people are out there looking out for you and it's important to take those other perspectives so you can actually like have, you know, different opinions on no. where you should be going. Mm -hmm. And absolutely that feedback. Well, like you said, I mean, there's your end goal, your overall goal, your, your what are you, your vivid vision of yeah, you know, your end yeah. you know, whatever object that is at the very end of everything is obviously you want to maintain those standards and whatever that goal is for yourself but yeah. like you're talking about Britt is like having that ability to be flexible within that you know not letting your egos get in the way yes. not letting yeah. your your idea of what you thought success was like or, or not knowing when to quit or realizing when to quit or just not I mean there's so many different things that happen through these journeys that we go on but being able to be flexible in that vehicle that will ultimately get us to that end goal is super important for sure because like we're saying I mean like you don't know what you don't know mm -hmm. and then you jump into something you're going through all these processes you're learning and, uh, and honestly 99% of the time I feel like what we thought was going to happen or how something was going to play out it doesn't even remotely compare to how it actually plays out over time mm -hmm. true you know I didn't think I'd be sitting right here in Boise talking to you guys right now <laughs> likewise <laughs> like it, yeah. so cool yeah no Five years ago, ten years ago, there's no way I would have would have uh, predicted me being here either. There's yeah. no way. You know, and this is a really important thing that I think it shows as we and, and two, this goes to like to Connor and we talk about this and I talked about it before, right? Like Connor went into the police force. Mm -hmm. um, he was very passionate about um, community service, right? He also wanted to go into, I'm sorry if you don't want me to share this, but you wanted to go into um, the Navy SEALs, but for medical reasons couldn't. Then you went to the police force, right? And then had to make some big change and took a total 180, right? Um, and that's how I see like you, you, you're going from what you're really good at and what you know and your comfort zone, mm -hmm. right? So just like oh, Connor yeah. had to take his comfort zone, mm -hmm and obliterate it mm -hmm. when I said, hey, I need your help. I need you to come on board. And it, he did that for me, which too, I'm not an easy person when you don't know what you're doing to come on because he came in and I'm like, Throw all right, go team. <laughs> Smack on the button, go, go. Right? It's, it's like, training, what training? Yeah, training. <laughs> you figure it out, man. Yeah. Right? Well, and, and honestly, just like to expand on a lot of those things. Um, so that transition leaving law enforcement was, was huge because – the whole, again, this mental mind shift thing that we mm -hmm. have to go through with anything that we're doing is massive. And going through that mental mind shift of being like, okay, I'm in law enforcement now. What does that mean for my life, my family, everything else? Like going to work every day, that whole mental mind shift and getting into that place of being there and that being my future was one thing. Mm -hmm. And then like, once I get that squared away, 
freaking AJ's calling me. <laughs> like, hey, dude. Like, oh you want to come in? To, you want to come and work? Like, we got this position open. I'm like, all right, let me think about it. And then, you know, five seconds later, I'm calling him back. I'm like, dude, I'm there. Like, I can't pass this yeah. up. Uh-huh. Um, but that would, like, honestly, it was a no-brainer. I knew absolutely that I wanted to be here. I wanted to come and work with AJ and, and help build all these incredible things we're doing. But it wasn't easy to do that shift again and to go from, okay, well, now I'm not doing that. I'm doing this other thing. And, you know, I don't know exactly what I'm doing in any of these, any of these aspects. But, again, the information's out there. The resources are out there. We'll figure it out. Figure we'll it be out. fine. We'll be yeah. good. Yep. We'll make things happen either way. Well, and, when, you know, how you talk about that. So we, you bring that up and you look at, you know, Brittany, where you've come from DIY now into commercial Connor, where you went from a totally different field into one that um, now the commercial real estate game and whether me from insurance into um, real estate and commercial investing. I think the interesting thing is when you look at these paths, Mm -hmm. right? None of our end goals have actually really changed, Mm -hmm. right? So we have, we want to do something that we feel is important, right? We want to be a part of something that's big. We want to protect um, our financial future, our families. We want to get back, all, all those things, right? The big important whys. Yeah. But the path changes and we're flexible for it. And if you do it right, and if you take your time and you capitalize on those opportunities, even though it's out of your comfort zone, it's much, much better for you. Because you're talking about going from DIY to very large commercial, but yet because of your DIY, it, it, it's not like it's foreign to you. Like you, mm-hmm. you understand everything. Like we, we can sit, talk through numbers, like, right. We can say, Hey, this is what we're doing. And you can communicate that so well too, to other people because of your past experience, mm-hmm. which is really interesting how you leverage those. So it's not like you shift and leave everything behind. We all sure. take those things with us forward yeah. and they become tools mm-hmm. into our next leg, which is like what you're doing now, which you're being incredibly successful uh, with that. Right. And you're just got people that are knocking down your doors, everything. And we're got so many things going on. Poor Brittany. She's come here and she's just been like working just nonstop. <laughs> like here every single night. You're like, hey, like, oh, we need you to stay for another week. We got to get stuff done. Um, it's been awesome. But that when looking at that and when you're talking to your audience, talk to us about that. Like, how do you communicate that with people mm. going from. Like, let's just talk about these projects. You know, you're talking DIY mm-hmm. to storage, like yeah. totally, totally different, right? Now you're doing a storage project yeah. with me. Yeah. Like, how do you communicate that to your audience, to the people you know, and how that ties into who you are? Because mm-hmm. that can be a big thing too. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm now doing something totally different. Yeah. Well, it was, that was a struggle for me because I kind of tied myself to this DIY identity, right? And I didn't know how to get out of that and then I was talking to I think Brandon at the mastermind and he said they're not following you because of that they're following you because of you and your journey and as an investor and everything and I did you know lose followers once I started posting about some different commercial stuff and that's fair enough people want to see renovation and I kind of been straying away a little bit from that so it's like okay you know that's fine but it's kind of like you know people are there for you and that's what's really cool about building this personal brand and and how important it's been for me in my investing career because it really has made all the difference it's all of my connections all of my employees now uh, raising capital it's just like opened so many doors I would have never in a million years imagined that you know five years ago when I started the 
the Instagram page. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that just shows the power of social media and having that influence and, and being, I think it's so important to be authentic to you, to who you are. Like we talked about before and just posting the real life of it. Yeah. But it, it was a hard transition. I'm like, I don't know what people are going to think about this. Yeah. But then I posted, you know, my first kind of commercial storage post and it got 16,000 oh, likes. People loved <laughs> it. It was crazy. Like, yeah. They were so excited I thought it was going to be a total flop. I'm, I'm like, okay, well, here it goes. We'll see what happens. Maybe I'll get under a thousand, you know, not that likes are the most important thing, but I thought it would just kind of go under the radar. But then it ended up being one of my best posts ever. Yeah, so that was really cool to see. So touching on that, what was, when you started Instagram, I think this is something that people are curious about a lot as far as people that who have been successful building personal brands mm-hmm. on social media. For you, a couple questions. When you first started, what, did you have a plan or were you just posting what you thought was interesting? Mm-hmm. And then how did you grow the audience as you moved forward? And what were some changes and some things that you did that helped you to build that yeah. following that you have now? Well, one of my mentors, I was at kind of like a real estate workshop and he said, you know, you have to do something. And I wasn't even on Instagram before this. So at all, I kind of stayed away from social media before. Mm-hmm. Um, but he said, you know, as a young investor, you have to have some credibility for yourself and you have to prove that you're going out there doing the work because people will see that. And then eventually when you grow and want to scale and all this, which I just did not understand this at the time, but he, he was telling me. Um, you're going to need um, this network and you're going to have to have these connections. So start building that now. So I did. And I started a newsletter and I was writing this like newsletter thing, trying to get emails and all that. And I just hated that. Then I started a blog and it's called Little Investments on the Prairie. I don't know if I talked about this on the last episode, <laughs> too, but, That's awesome. but anyway, so then I started an Instagram account called Little Investments on the Prairie and that was way too long and just didn't work. So that was a mm. little bit of a shift like, okay, what am I going to do? I have to make this more personal. I saw this person called Sawdust Girl, Sawdust Girl. <laughs> and I was like, Sawdust girl. Maybe I'll be investor girl, investor girl Brit. And then that just stuck. Yeah. So it was a little bit of figuring that out. And at the start, I was posting content like, okay, here's a deal I got on cabinets at Ikea or whatever. Here's some deal finding stuff. And then I'd post other people's quotes and then kind of go through that. And then I was really struggling. I didn't know how to build it. I didn't know how to grow it at all. But I was trying to do some stuff online, just research and everything. But then what really helped was posting my time-lapse videos. And video is where everything really started to click. Those are sweet. Yeah. Like, yeah. (laughs) Seeing those, like, changes and and things you like go just, through it. yeah going through and building and everything it's just it's awesome yeah so that was kind of where that all so it was you know testing things out okay this post mm-hmm. this quote card thing from someone else that doesn't work but posting you know this video that's working so maybe i'll i'll continue to do that so it's a lot of just trial and error and mm-hmm. figuring it out and it's funny because i went through that at the beginning doing my diy stuff and right. renovating and everything and now switching to commercial is more my main focus now and i like the diy stuff as kind of like passion projects and everything but it's not my focus as a real estate investor so pivoting from that into how am i going to make content now as a commercial real estate investor and provide mm-hmm. value to my audience in that way so i mean that's another pivot and i'm kind of in that transition now of just figuring out what's working what isn't and Mm -hmm. so far it has been working but it's a lot of that trial and error right well and and that's what i love though about what you're doing your story and everything like we talked about first it's you get to see right now what you're doing was just like when you started yeah 
and what got you there, mm-hmm. right? You're testing. Like the Instagram's a perfect example. This isn't working. This isn't working. Yeah. You just keep going until you figure out what's working. And okay. then you say, oh, this is working and this works well yeah. for me. That means this is an opportunity mm-hmm. and I need to lean into this. Yeah. And uh, right now, the next phase for you hasn't changed, right? And I feel like it was the same way for me when I started up Cedar Creek. It was like, hey, mm-hmm. th- we're doing this and this is doing good. But in order to expand how we do this, we got to go on a whole nother route on how we build our company and how we're running our company. Um, and we started testing things. I mean, me and Connor were on phones with um, big funds that were wanting to place hundreds of millions with us, everything. Like that. It was just like constantly telling like, this isn't going to work. I don't like this. And it was just, it's like, it doesn't matter what you're doing. Mm-hmm. All the dead ends show you the right, right ways to go. Yeah. And then through that process created the opportunities. Then once mm-hmm. we realized it, we leaned hard into them yeah. and that's created success so it's so cool to see like in real time and watch this process as it goes as mm-hmm. most people are thinking about it and thinking about that in their lives now the question that i would ask you too is people that say okay i'm kind of doing this right how do you really speed that up mm-hmm. like how do i really get things moving because a lot of people feel like they're stuck and they're just not nothing's happening Right. So how do I get things to start happening and I and figure out, try to find either ways that don't work or opportunities to take advantage of? Yeah. Well, I think what's helped for me is getting around, you know, like we talked about earlier, but even the conversations of, okay, at first as even when I was buying my first uh, storage facility or whatever, got that mm-hmm. under contract. And that was a $600,000 facility. I was super excited about it. But that number at that time really scared me, $600,000. And I thought, no one's going to want to partner with me on this. I don't know what to do. And all these roadblocks and whatever. And now I'm having these conversations. Okay, $20 million. It doesn't even, it's like, okay, you know, numbers work. And talking in the multi, multi multi-million dollar numbers. Okay, you know, but it's being around those people again. Um, But I guess what helped me through that was, coaching I think that's you know some people really connect with that AJ I don't think you have performance coach or anything like that no. but I think for a lot he of people talks to who, me I'm like hey, that's you, right you, you got, yeah, he you slaps have. me around <laughs> snap out of it AJ there you go well I think um that could be important if you are yes. really feeling stuck and you do well, and, need someone else to talk to you maybe you don't have someone I had you I had yeah. Brandon Turner I had all these friends which just happened through Instagram but a lot of people you know might not have that opportunity right now exactly so you can hire performance coaches um so there is that option as well Jason Dries is someone that I've been talking to even over summer who helped me kind of with some mindset shifts and everything like that so I mean that is one option if you don't have that like for me I I mean I had people in my life I think that I had support and I had my dad Mm -hmm. who we could run through things bounce things off right and do and so you're right it comes back to this Mm -hmm. right you got to be able to see and it helps when you have other people walk you through these things and it's like a mirror too it's like you know you're kind of just reflecting back on yourself and and seeing exactly where you need to go but it's super helpful having that that perspective and just that person mm-hmm. asking you those tough questions. Well, it's showing you too, like you were talking about earlier, where you're thinking bigger sooner, mm-hmm. or instead of having these ideas, again, you don't know what you don't know, thinking like, well, okay, well, over the next 10 years, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. And then I can't remember who you, you said you were having a conversation with that said like, well, how do you do that in six months? Mm. Oh, uh, that was Brandon. Okay. Gotcha. Uh-huh. Yeah. Or it's, 
it's like, okay. You take well, your 10-year yeah, goal. Do like how do you that? condense that down to yes, six months and, right. and get it done? So Love that. So, but I thought, and then you just start thinking completely differently, asking mm-hmm. yourself totally different questions. For like, sure. Okay, how can I leverage my network? That's a huge thing. Huge thing. What yeah. were some of those things that you identified when you started thinking about that? What were some of the first things that you thought over that came to mind that you hadn't thought of or realized before? Um, well, I think a huge thing, I guess, with the... I don't know what it is. I sh- I'm sure a lot of people can relate, but when you're partnering and using somebody else's money, that's a huge hurdle that you have to, because you have to be so confident, which mm-hmm. is true. You have to be, you have to kind of gain that experience in your, your stuff beforehand. And then it's like, for me, it was, okay, I've kept reaching these road of the thinking bigger piece. It's like, okay, well now I have to find a fan- financial partner to do these bigger deals. And that, that was something that that made me feel uncomfortable and I was mm-hmm. really worried because I think you AJ told well, was, me yeah that was you yeah well, that's well, we, we all we go through at. it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but AJ told me you know there are people who you know they they do trust you because you've put in the work they've seen what you've been yeah. able to do so put it out there on your Instagram stories is anyone interested to partner on upcoming commercial deals with me so I posted this thing on on stories all of a sudden I have 300 emails and it just blew my mind and that was something Crazy. that totally shifted my perspective like wow there's a lot of a lot of people wanting to work with me and that was kind of the start yeah. of it where things started to change because if you are that operator you are that person willing to put in the work there are people out there that have money that want to put that money to work but they don't want to do the work themselves mm-hmm. oh, so yeah. you're providing them huge value huge opportunity um yes. which otherwise they wouldn't maybe have if they're trying to do it on their own well and to That's... just to find the people to trust that you know can make good decisions and are making yeah. decisions that you approve of and everything for sure it's a huge hurdle huge yeah. hurdle for people mm-hmm. and very scary yeah mm-hmm. oh and that's one of the biggest things that i've realized going through this is there's more cash out there looking for opportunity than there is opportunity mm-hmm. that exists and so exactly. that's that's a really good point and that's one of the things that i've realized you know working through all these things with aj and it's like somebody wants to give us 50 million dollars <laughs> to go and do this yes. like what that's crazy <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> so, awesome. no it's 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 amazing it's really cool to see mm-hmm. and uh just grateful to be a part of all of it yeah. And, you know, it's interesting, too, to realize also, though, you talk about your network, you talk about these things, and other people are like, I don't have that. I can't get yeah. in. So you act as a medium of opportunity. Uh-huh. You act as a way that you can share opportunity with other people that feel like they're they're closed out of opportunity. Uh-huh. Right? I don't know these people. I, I'm a doctor. I'm a whatever. I got a full-time job that I work nonstop at. And so I, I haven't got into these crowds. I haven't got into these good operators and everything. Mm -hmm. And you provide that medium to say, listen, I am these circles. I can tell you who are best of class. Mm -hmm. I can tell you all these things. Right. And that's a, I I think I, it's a huge, obvious opportunity for you, but it's also really, to me, really cool to be doing for other people where you're like all this stuff that we all talk about, wealth, financial freedom, everything else. Like it's opening up the doors and allowing people to participate. And I I have a lot of problems and you've heard me talk about this on the podcast with accredited versus non-accredited investors, Mm -hmm. because I think it's like the worst thing ever that, Mm -hmm. you know, really the government's controlling who gets access to these things and opportunities. Um, But you get to act as that person to help people Mm -hmm. that they trust and, and believe in to make good decisions. And I just think that's really cool. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That is. 
And I just, you know, you do have to be able to identify the people, you know. As we know here, AJ is one of, you know, he's always been this topper and, you know, very successful in business, but also just as a human being, just very authentic and very trustworthy and everything. And you, you can, you, I feel you could tell pretty quick because there's a lot of bad people in the real oh, estate sure. investing yeah. world, yes. especially in syndication world yes. and everything. There's a lot of scary situations people could get into. Yeah. So I like being able to be a person who could provide the operators who truly know what they're doing. And you could, I trust with everything. Any person operator that I work with, I will sell everything I have and give it to them to mm -hmm. work their magic because that's how much I trust. And so I want to be able to kind of share that with other people and not have them go into like this scary syndication underground. I don't know yeah. a lot about it, but I do. I have heard a lot of stories where people do lose money yes. through through projects and, and people who aren't very trustworthy. Mm -hmm. And I've yeah. even been to meetups and stuff like that. I don't know. You guys probably haven't been to a lot of them, but I've been to meetups where it just feels so salesy and so yes. just right. not authentic. You can make money in your sleep. You could be sitting in your pajamas at your computer and make all this money. This was when I was back in Canada, actually. I went to this meetup and it was just all this. And it just felt like kind of bullshit to me. And I was mm -hmm. just like, right. okay. Yeah. And they're like, now stand up, everyone who wants to give us your money and go to the back of the room and sign. And I was like, there's no way anyone's yeah. going to stand up. Uh, and most of the room, everybody gets everybody, up. Yeah. And I was like, sit down. Like, like, what are you doing, it. people? No. They're <laughs> like, like, yes. This isn't how it Because <laughs> it was just like, you could feel that it was just, you know, kind of this scammy kind of thing. And then yes. you'd really have to be careful because they make it sound all glamorous, but you have to. You know, you don't know what you don't know, like yeah. we were saying before. So yeah, yeah, and it's unless you're in the trenches, unless like you're in the, in the trenches, world, yeah, you know. And that's why the idea of being an advocate and two being able to say, you know, it's not only about the investment; mm -hmm. it's about the firm, it's about the people, it's about the track record, it's about mm -hmm. this reputation. Reputation. I see their fails. I know. Like, I mean, the people that you're working with, whether it's mm -hmm. like us on this project, whether it's um, you know, apartments, whether it's all the other people you're working with and like uh, triple net leases, all that kind of stuff that you're, mm -hmm. that you're doing. You've known these people literally for years. Yeah. It's, yeah. this isn't like, you know, you've seen actual work be done of projects, how profitable you've seen them and you know about the times when they failed. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's what a lot of people just don't, yeah. they're not privileged to. So mm -hmm. it makes it very hard to make decisions. And because mm -hmm. they can't get it, they're like, mm -hmm. now I feel like I'm gambling, yeah. which is the right. exact opposite of yeah. what anybody should feel like or do when mm -hmm. investing. Exactly. For sure. And it just translates to their whole family. It's not just about business either. Like I know these people as friends and as people mm -hmm. and how they treat their spouses and their kids and all this stuff too. It's not just all about business. It's who they are as a person. And do That's they have a really that in point? do they have integrity and mm -hmm. and i just have no patience for anyone who who isn't that way because yeah. i don't want to be friends with you i don't want to work with you i don't want anything to do with you if you're gonna you know not have integrity and be selfish and and all those things so yeah mm -hmm. and that's a thing that i think is really for investors for business we know that these relationships they take a long time mm -hmm. to build a long time to make and there's no reason to waste time yeah with people that aren't going to be there, that aren't yeah. going to last the, uh, the you know, the ups, the downs that aren't going to be authentic and real. So people at a really high level, their circle is very small. Mm -hmm. um, they are, when like I, I 
sit, tell us when people come in and we're going to hire them or whatnot. If you don't want to be a part of this team, like if you don't think you want to be here in 20 years, don't come. Mm -hmm. Because I don't want people that I, I want at the end of the day, once our company is a billion dollars, right? And it's huge and everything's running. I want to share that with the people that started Yay. it with me. So and it's hard for investors to get those long-term mm -hmm. relationships and and um, visions from those operators and things because their inner circles are so small. We mm -hmm. just we don't have time, and the yeah. opportunity it's not only an opportunity cost, but it's risk, right? And we're risk adverse. We want a lower risk. So it's about track record. It's about tested. It's about time proven. But you get to see those things when other people don't. Mm -hmm. And so you get to provide that to other people, which to me is like way more valuable than almost anything else. Mm -hmm. Because you need to know, to, like, what am I getting with this person when I place money with them? Mm -hmm. Like, what's really going to happen? Mm -hmm. And unless you've known them for years, unless you have that inside track, you really don't know. True. Right. Yeah. And it's true because I am so, I am actually not a very trusting person. It takes a lot to build that trust with me. And I would never, I'm very hesitant, especially with in the investing space and, and with people. So you really have to, it takes time, you know, like we say, to build that up. So mm -hmm. no, it does. And, you know, I, I want to keep going, but we actually are funding a project and we're doing a huge Q&A in two minutes. <gasps> so we can talk about this stuff all day. Brittany, thank you so Thanks much for, for coming on, me. sharing your journey, being open about it. I absolutely love it. Where can people go to find you? Yeah, at Investor Girl Brit or my website, BrittanyArneson.com. All right, we'll put those in the show notes. And uh, Brittany, thanks again. This is awesome. We'll catch you guys next episode.